Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left. Press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle. Intercepted, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey, old Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And I am flying solo today. A Really, really different podcast for me. I am recording on Monday morning. It's about 5 a.m. right now as I'm recording this. And I am recording this at this time because I got busy on Sunday um, and didn't really have time. And I got home and I just was tired and and not up for a podcast. So I went to bed early so I could get up early and record this podcast for you. Just a little bit of a programming note. Um... Obviously, we didn't have a podcast last Monday due to Memorial Day, another busy weekend for me um, that weekend, so I didn't get a podcast up then. Obviously, getting this one up for you now, but next week, uh, I am going camping all weekend. Uh, We're doing a little kayak and camping trip um, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Uh, so taking off work to do a little bit of camping should be a lot of fun, but... I won't have access on the river to do a podcast. So um, that is why we are not going to have a podcast next week, just so you're aware. Um, And because I'm recording at 5 in the morning, I didn't even bother to ask Tyler. Hopefully he's not too upset. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the Julio Jones news. Obviously, he's not coming to the Packers, so it's not that important. But I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, Then I want to talk a little bit about... The cornerback room and just how excited I have no like inside information about the cornerback room. I'm just really excited about it. Um, and then maybe a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love and, and that whole situation. So starting with Julio, you know, I I honestly expected to hear or see mainly on Twitter from more fans complaining about um, the Packers not making this move. So I think for the most part, people are understanding that really the the numbers, specifically Julio's cap numbers, would make it pretty hard this year especially and the next year because it's the Packers are under a tight cap next year too, uh, provided you know they don't end up trading Aaron Rodgers or something. But they're under a tight cap this year and next year, and that would have made it tough to trade for Julio. Just flat out, there would have had to have been a lot of moving parts. Aaron Rodgers would have had to agree to a big-time restructuring. Um, I think if they said, you know, we have Julio coming, if you would get over yourself and 
sign an extension so we can push your money out and, and we can have Julio and Devontae at the same time. That would make Devontae resign, and it would just be, I mean, that would be awesome, but it would be pretty tough to do, especially in the situation the Packers are in right now. Um, so I think that's why it didn't happen. But to me, I was dumbfounded when I looked at the compensation for, for Julio. A second in 2022 and a fourth in 2023. That just blows my mind. I thought for sure it would be a, a first and then, you know, a third or fourth or a fourth or fifth or something like that. So this really surprised me, the compensation. So that part of it, I was like, oh my gosh, Packers, that would have been awesome to make that move. But like I said, the salary cap is just kind of untenable for the Packers to be able to make this move. So don't get too upset. It's not a big deal. It was just really hard for them to make the move. Um, and by the way, um, the Titans got a sixth round pick in 2023 back. So basically that 2023 was a pick swap. Um, and then they give up the second round pick uh, to the Falcons. And it's just kind of crazy that, that that's what the Titans were able to pull off. Now again, <clears throat> the money situation is part of the reason why I think the Falcons didn't get any better offers. And Julio has a fully guaranteed salary. Um, and I believe the Titans will have to pay him $15.3 million in 2021. Uh, yeah, so that would have been tough. I think the Packers cap is around $5 million right now. So, yeah, that would have been a little rough to, <laughs> to swallow that when you got to free up $10 more million and they did all those moves already. So I think that would have been a very, very tough ask for the Green Bay Packers, but you know, that's what's happening. On top of that, uh, I still think the Falcons had a $7.75 million cap hit on the deal. Um, but you know, they trade them. I don't think they got nearly enough for them, but Julio's getting up there. He's 32 now. Uh, and you know, he's always hurt. Uh, but like Peter Bukowski said on lockdown Packers on Monday, you know, he's always hurt, but he is always out there as well. <laughs> he still plays through them a lot of the times. Uh, I just wanted to mention this Julio Jones stuff. Like I said, I kind of expected more Packers fans to be really upset, but I think a lot of people understand the salary cap issues, concerns with you just can't go make all these moves. Um, in the offseason, they did go make all those moves to get Zedarius, Adrian Amos, Preston Smith, Billy Turner, now, you don't have the room to do that every single year, and this is what you're left with, right? A tight cap, and obviously no one expected the cap to go down. Um, that rarely, if ever, happens, and of course, now it happens, and now the Packers are in a tight spot and can't make a move like this. But overall, you know, it's a good thing it's AFC and and it gets them out of the NFC and, and not going to a contender in the NFC, most importantly. Um, so not terrible in regards to the Packers. And the Falcons, when they drafted Kyle Pitts, I'm like, okay, they're all in. They think they can go freaking win. And I I don't. But when you draft Kyle Pitts instead of a quarterback at that spot, to me that, that triggers an all-in move. But now you go trade Julio and now we're back at square one? Or are you just expecting to be bad again so you can draft a quarterback this year? And if that's the case, why didn't you draft one now? Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But 
you know, I guess the Falcons are going to do what they want. So, moving on, I want to talk a little bit about the cornerbacks. Like I said, I don't have any insider information or anything like that, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about the cornerback room. I'm really freaking excited for this room. Um, almost as much as I am about the wide receivers, and mainly wide receivers, because, you know, getting Devontae back and, and having him on the field, but then adding Amari Rodgers... Um, you still got your deep threat in MVS, and you got your all-around guy in Alan Lazard. But I just think adding Amari Rodgers just gives that room something else. But I love, 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 love this cornerback room. Jair Alexander obviously is one of the best cornerbacks in the league right now, and I think, and it just just having him on this team is huge, and I am. Really excited to see how he continues to step up because he's basically said this offseason that that he played well last year, but he still hasn't played his best football. And he wants to be more consistent and he wants to be at the top of the league. He wants to be the best cornerback in the league. And, you know, teams afraid to throw at him and all those types of things. I mean, if Jaira is getting better. We're in a very good spot as Packer fans because he is very, very good already. And he's saying that he's going to get better, that he wants to get better. That's that's just amazing. And that's going to help out this team tremendously. And, you know, you get a little bounce back uh, year from Zadarius Smith. Uh, Rashawn Gary starts stepping up a little bit. Maybe you get a little something from Preston. But I mainly want to see uh, Zadarius and and Rashawn Gary step up because we know, you know, they have a longer term future on this team. So those two step up, it makes it easier for Jair. He takes a step as well. And it's just Jair Island. You're not throwing that. You're not throwing that way if you have the option because that's how good he is. And like I said, that pass rush is, is going to help him out. You know, he's got the a very good safety duel behind him that's going to help him out. Uh, we'll see what what kind of defense Joe Barry runs, but I it really doesn't matter to me for Jair Alexander because he's that good. It really doesn't matter. So that that is very, very exciting. On the other side, you know, Kevin King, we know who he is. He's, I, I'd like to say solid, but sometimes it's not even solid. But we know what we're getting out of Kevin King. And I do think he's going to start I do think he's going to get that quarterback two role, uh, but by the end of the year, I think I predicted on an earlier podcast this offseason that by week six, Eric Stokes is going to take that job over, and so I'm not too worried about the Kevin King thing, because I think by the postseason, when it really matters, he's not going to be the number two corner, barring injury, so I have a lot of faith in Eric Stokes, and there's been nothing like he's making a lot of interceptions and all that kind of stuff, but his speed stands out against other NFL players. Now, not all the top guys are there, but his speed is still standing out to reporters and all that kind of stuff, to coaches, and that's awesome. And he said, and, and this is one of the reasons why I'm so excited about him, is just what he is saying about himself. He said, I know I have the speed to make up, but I'm trying to be the best cornerback that I can be throughout my career. 
And I know that means that I have to get better technique wise so I can last, you know, when I'm 32 and I start to lose a step, I can still play an effective corner because I know where to be. I know how to play. I know what technique to use, all that kind of stuff. And that's exciting that he's really focusing on the technique and saying, you know, I know I can make up if I if I make a mistake and, and get behind a receiver and whatever, but he's trying to not use his speed. And by him not using his speed or trying not to use his speed as the way that he succeeds is going to make him all that much better because now he does his best just staying in front and being good technique, all those types of things. But now the ball's in the air, you know, he can turn on that speed and, and get to the ball, make the play, break up the pass, intercept the pass, whatever it is. So uh, I just, I think, you know, this cornerback room has a lot, a lot of things to like about it, especially Jair, obviously. And then I think Eric Stokes is going to be a fun, fun player to watch. And hopefully we see some flashes because we're not going to, you know, he's not going to be Jair Alexander. Um, but, you know, maybe we'll see a similar type of rookie season where we see the flashes. It's not perfect all the time, but we see the flashes, right? And I think that would be a fun, fun thing to see. Um, other than the guys I've talked about, you know, I mentioned Kevin King. I don't think by playoffs he's going to have a big role, at least not a starting role. Um, I, like I said, I do think Eric Stokes is going to win that over. Now, my prediction was week six. Maybe it's not that fast, but I think by the postseason, it's going to be Jair and Stokes on the outside or, you know, throw Jair in the slot because the other team's best receivers in the slot or whatever the case is. Uh, that's just what I think is going to happen because I like Eric Stokes a lot and I do think he's going to make that kind of jump and, and be good enough in his rookie year even to make that second quarterback spot. The rest of the room, you know, I'm still holding out some hope with Josh Jackson and I think with a more zone heavy type of scheme, you know, maybe Joe Barry's going to use him a little bit more, find places to use him. I still have a little bit of hope for him, not a ton, but I do think he can still make an impact, especially in predominantly zone. Obviously, you can't just play zone and throw Josh Jackson out there because you're playing zone. You know, he's going to have to play some man. Otherwise, the offense is going to know what you're doing, and, and that's not great. So he's got to be able to do both, but they play predominantly zone anyways. At least that's what the thought is coming in with Joe Barry. You know, the Rams played like 80% zone, I think, last year. So, yeah, we would expect a lot of zone, and that could be a good thing for Josh Jackson. Uh, we'll see if he's able to make an impact. You know, with a new defensive coordinator, maybe that's his best op chance to do it. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. I'm still holding out a little bit of hope for him. Uh, Channon Sullivan, you know, we'll see what happens with him. Kadar Holman, a couple off-seasons ago, everyone was excited about him. Uh, I think I think we went, as in Tyler Scott and I, went to training camp that year and we're kind of excited about him and all that kind of stuff. We'll see what happens. Um, 
if he's able to make any sort of an impact. I'm not holding out too much hope, but I do think I do think this cornerback room, especially, and I mentioned it briefly, but the safeties behind them. As long as Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage are healthy, it makes this cornerback room um, not as in, not. I don't want to say not as important, but you know they get some help and it makes it easier for them, right? So, so I just I think this cornerback room could be very good. Um, it'll be Jair, Shannon Sullivan, Kevin King, uh, probably as your top three corners to start the year. But by the end of the year, I would expect Jair, Eric Stokes. Um, you know, maybe Shannon Sullivan keeps that slot corner. Maybe Shamar Jean Charles, who I haven't mentioned yet. Maybe he steps into that. Um, he's kind of the opposite of Eric Stokes. Doesn't have the insane athleticism and speed, but in college, just a technician. He knows how to cover, and he was very, very good at that at Appalachian State. So, um, you know, maybe it's very young cornerbacks with, Jair, Eric Stokes, and Shamar Jean Charles by the end of the year, and Jair is the one that kicks inside or whatever. Um, that would be interesting to watch too. So, yeah, uh, exciting room. I'm very excited about these guys. So next, the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I I still don't know. You know, I think the last time we talked about this was oh, that's been like a month ago now. May 10th, we had the state of the Green Bay Packers quarterback room. So we did a lot more talking about it. Um, it was supposed to be state of the offense, but I got a little ranty on that podcast. Uh, so if you want to go back and listen to that and hear more of our thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers situation, go back to that. Because even though it was a month ago, I don't think there's been a ton of changes in terms of our thinking and what's actually happening. Um, now, the reason I wanted to bring this up is tomorrow, June 8th, is mandatory minicamp. Don't be surprised when Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up. It's going to be a story, but it's not. We know he's not going to show up. Don't let all the stories that come out from national media especially uh, tell you that this is a big story. This is a big deal. You know, the Aaron Rodgers is not coming back to the Packers it's mandatory minicamp. It's three days. I just I don't expect Aaron to be there. Um, it would surprise me if he is there. But don't let that be a big story. Don't let that stress you out by any means. It's it's gonna be okay. Um, but I just don't expect him to be there. Now, if it comes and training camp starts and he's not there, then you know you can start being concerned and being like, okay, what's going on? Is he gonna even play this year? Is he really saying I I'm not playing for you? Um, and then in that case, what's gonna happen? Are the Packers gonna call his bluff and say, okay, have fun in Malibu? Um, or are they gonna trade him? Are I we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But I think the true deadline is training camp, uh, three day mandatory mandatory mini camp in June. You know. He's not going to gain much, if anything, from mandatory minicamp. So, you know, he's I don't I just don't think he's going to be there. The last thing I did want to talk a little bit about Jordan Love. So, from all accounts, he didn't, you know, set the world on fire from his OTA performance or anything like that. But anyone and everyone you heard from 
said there is a lot of progress. You know, a lot of the reporters, the first day of OTAs that they were allowed to be there, um, they said essentially the ball is like popping out of his hands. You know, it's just it's just flying out. And they noticed a considerable difference from him when he was throwing the ball last year. And that leads me to believe there's been quite a bit of progress for Jordan Love. And, and that's exciting, right? That the progress for Jordan Love is what we needed to see this offseason. Absolutely what the Packers and us as fans, as we don't know who quarterback one is going to be for the 2021 season, we needed to see progress from this guy, and we're seeing it. We are seeing a lot of the footwork being fixed. He did a lot of work this offseason to get those fundamentals, that footwork down better to help him. Because, look, Jordan Love has so much talent. It's it's unbelievable to watch this kid. I know he had a struggling of 2019 season, but he is a great talent Great, great thrower of the football. Good on the run. I still, this one throw from college is like, I know he can do anything. I know he can make any throw. It's just, can he get the the footwork down one, but also, you know, get so ingrained in this system that it's just almost second nature that he knows where everyone's going to be and he can just, he gets in trouble. He knows where his out is. He knows what everyone's going to be doing. He gets some uh, continuity with these receivers, some chemistry with these receivers, and everyone just knows. Like, Devontae Adam knows what Aaron Rodgers is thinking at all times. If he can get close to the same level of continuity or chemistry with his receivers, it's he can do anything because he is that talented. You know, they compared him to Patrick Mahomes multiple times. He can make every throw. That throw I was talking about, he's rolling to his right, um, kind of pressure in his face a little bit, and just throws throws up the ball. And it's probably a you know thirty five to fifty yard throw. I can't remember exactly. It was a but it was a long pass. Just absolute perfect throw. Incredible moving. Getting some pressure late. I don't think the pressure actually hit him, but it was coming. Knew it was coming. And just a perfect, perfect throw. And that throw was like, okay, he can make any throw on the football field. He's just got to get the mental side of it down, the above the shoulders. He's got to get that part of it. And he, if he gets that part of it down, like I said, any throw, he can make it. He can make any throw Aaron Rodgers does. Any throw Patrick Mahomes does. He can do it. He, Talent-wise, he is up there. He is one of the most talented quarterbacks I have watched. Um, he, he can make any throw on the football field. He is extremely, extremely talented. I just hope we can see that and he can get the mental side of the game. He can get that footwork, all the fundamentals down to really show us and we can really see it. Like... Even if Aaron Rodgers comes beginning of training camp, first day, um, but they get some preseason work this year. They actually get some preseason games, and we see it. Aaron Rodgers says, I'm not playing in the preseason at all. I'll play it two drives in the third game, I think, is the last game this year, whatever it is, or whatever, the second game. 
you know, just to get some live bullets with, with the ones, you know. So maybe he does that. And all the rest are, not all the rest, because they got to give, you know, Blake Bortles, I guess, and Kirk Benkert um, some snaps. But Jordan Love gets a half in each of those games, and then the other guys get a quarter, okay? So Jordan Love gets a half of football for three games. So we get to see him for basically a game and a half. And if we see it, that's exciting. Like, even if you, even if Aaron Rodgers plays for another three years, um, that means Jordan Love would be his fifth-year option. The Packers would have to pick up his option only saying preseason games, which is scary. <laughs> but, you know, if you see it, Every preseason, you you see it. You see how good he is, but he just can't beat out the Hall of Fame Aaron Rodgers because he's Aaron Rodgers. But you see that he is talented enough to be a top half the league, top 10 quarterback in this league. You're, you're getting excited because he's going to continue to progress. Um, it's just very exciting. So quickly, before I'm out of here, I just want you to listen to, I think it's about a minute of this Luke Getze interview talking uh, about Jordan Love. If you don't know who Luke, Luke Getze is, he is the Packers quarterback coach. I just love what he says about the development of Jordan Love. So listen here. Um, I think it's important to stay focused on what your goal is in the offseason. And in the offseason, your goal is to master your craft and the thing that he is that he's working on more than anything else uh through this off season is his footwork and his ability to progress and so those are the two things that we can be in control of um and making sure that our timing and rhythm is on for every concept that we're throwing at him and we're throwing everything at these guys um that we would in a normal off season i know this has been a little bit of an abbreviated one but we're throwing it all at these guys, and he's done a tremendous job of handling all that stuff. So uh, very positive and very promising, and so we, we feel really good about his progress. Um, uh, but I don't think there's any reason to uh, to really feel one way or the other when, you're, when your main goal is just to get better every single day at what the, the main goal is, and that's getting that footwork and, the, and his ability to progress through the system. I really like what Luke Getze says during this – little interview um i i really enjoy hearing that they're excited about the progress right that his job was to get his footwork down throughout the that was the job that luke getsy matt lafleur and this coaching staff had for jordan love was let's get that footwork down let's work to improve that and and they're excited about the progress that they have seen with his offseason, with what he's been able to do, you know, like Getsy said in the interview, you know, we're throwing everything at him. Like, it's not just, you know, we're going to make a make an offense for Jordan Love. No, this is the Matt LaFleur offense. He's getting all of it in at once. And it would probably help that he had a year under the system and learning and seeing Aaron Rodgers play and what he does, all those types of things, that helps definitely. Like if it was his rookie year, it'd be a little tougher, but he's had a year, even though he hasn't had a lot of on-field reps consistently. But look, it's his progress is evident by his quarterback's coach, and that's exciting. I, I really don't know what the situation at QB1 is going to be. Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? Uh, for as a Packers fan, even though I'm upset with Aaron Rodgers and 
I want him to just get over himself and play football. As a Packer fan, I know the best chance for the Green Bay Packers to win a Super Bowl in the 2021 season. So February of 22, yeah, we're going to need Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I don't think Jordan Love is quite ready, even though I love the talent of Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers is the option in 2021, right? He is the guy. So I want him back, but I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Is he going to show up to training camp? Is he going to be willing to sit out a year, pay back money? I I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see on all of that. Uh, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. Obviously talk about the cornerbacks and then the Julio news as well. But that's going to be it for me today. Again, make sure you're continuing to check us out on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. Make sure you check out um, all of our recap podcasts for the Brewers. Tyler's done a few solo ones now uh, since I'm slacking a little bit. Um, I plan to do them, do it with him this week, but you know I got busy and I didn't get home till late, so he just did it before I got home, and then and then I ended up going to bed shortly after I got home. Ate, watched an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine with my girlfriend, which is always fun, and then went to bed because yeah. I'm old and I like to go to bed early. <laughs> so, again, make sure you're checking out the Brewers Trilogy podcast. Tyler's doing a great job over there. Make sure you continue to check that out. Watch the Brewers. Get excited for the Bucks. I know they lost the first game of the second round, but um, I do think they're going to eke out this second round victory. I do think it's going to be a tough one, uh, but I do think they, they're going to be able to win that series. But until next time, and again, that will be not next week, but the week after will be our next Packers Trilogy podcast. Until then, go Pack Go!